I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Alex Contreras on the mic. Welcome back to another episode of Marlins Barbecue alongside Anthony Red Garcia. It's been a tough week for the fish. We've seen a lot of Major League debuts, but most notably, we saw Six Dos Sanchez make his debut. That's one of the bright sides we've got to see throughout the weekend. Red, what have you seen? How ugly has it been? It hasn't been pretty, man. Basically, we just stopped hitting completely. Um, even though I saw Astaya said, I believe it's been like seven games that we scored three or four runs a game. Um, which is surprising to me because I just didn't see it. But it looks like we can't get an inning going. We can't stream together a few hits. You know, Villar leads the game off and then gets picked off. You know, it's it was a frustrating week to say the least. Um, we got swept by the Mets. Uh, yeah, it was rough. They uh, couldn't leave. They couldn't leave South Florida fast enough. I'm like, like yeah, no, you don't. You don't want to wish. Yeah, you don't want to wish any any bad luck, any bad health on anybody. But a couple of them guys got uh, COVID test, so. They postponed their game in the weekend series against the Yankees. I know a lot of New York was bummed out about not having a subway series and rightfully right. so. I mean, there is some silver lining here. You know, Sixto looked as advertised. Um, Jesus Sanchez finally got his first hit, man. Um, besides that, it was just all bad. You know, Dickerson looks like he's hurt now. Um, they haven't announced anything serious, but I don't know why the Nationals don't have their fence down, <laughs> the netting, but we both Some- tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, we tweeted about that. Somebody actually tweeted about uh, a Nationals fan. Shout out to that fan. They told me that that's the netting that they use for the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper go in and out through that net. But why the hell didn't you put it down? Like, I understand that they have you it there. Really? Yeah, like, come on, man. But you still got to put it down, though. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to let Juan Soto. Like, I'm sure if Juan Soto was out there, I'm sure that John was down. If there's any way that we could check that out, check the freaking footage, I'm sure that that John was down. They set up yeah, the Marlins, man. They uh, got to sabotage the Marlins somehow. The, the NLDs guys got to sabotage us somehow. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't mind yesterday. Guys, sorry, by the way, if you could hear the baby yelling in the background. We are at home. Um, but yeah, basically, um, yesterday was just a bad day. It looked like Madden, he basically punt on the game. Hey, let's survive. Let's just get out of here and uh, play tomorrow, which is today. Um, and sorry, you know, sorry, sorry. Now that you're on the punting subject, you know what was really frustrating? That we saw Dan Castano make that start, and he was only out there for one out. Like, listen, I know the guy got himself into a pickle right out of the gate. He uh, walked a guy, he shook out a guy, and then he walked another guy. And then here comes Donnie. He's 20-something pitches in, and he pulls the hook. It's like, yo, man, I think it was way premature for you to pull the hook on him. And then, right, it was a one-run game, right? Yeah, and, and it was the very beginning of the game of a doubleheader, bro. We lost that game four to five. Like, 
You got Josh Smith came out of the bullpen. He did a good job. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Smith, for doing such a good job out of the bullpen, impressing, opening eyes. You know, but it's like, damn, wasn't it way too quick to to pull the hook? Right, and what's weird about it is now, like I think yesterday, Domani came out and said, "Oh, he was going to be an opener. He was going to only pitch one inning anyway." I think that's a load of, you know what? Because you don't ran a starter that's extended, you don't randomly throw him out there for the day of a doubleheader and say, "You know what? You're going to be an opener today." And then you're gonna, and then you're gonna say, "Well, he's going to have to make another appearance." That's what he said about Mejia and and, uh, Castano. I'm getting getting real tired of this whole, "Oh, he's going to have to make another appearance." He does not have confidence in these guys, and. The, the the quote I can't get over, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this quote, but last Mejia star, he said, oh, you know, we have confidence in him in the morning, but we have to be realistic at the end of the night. Well, do we do minds reset from one game to another here? How does So you don't have confidence at the end of the night, but then you're going to start him again a few days later? How does that make sense? How does Mejia feel hearing that? You know, like, oh, yeah, we have confidence in you. Here's the ball. But at the end of the day, you know, it's realistic. You know, how does how, as a fan, how can you even hear that? Madden is basically saying, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we knew we most likely would have lost. Yeah, it's unacceptable. It's getting to the point where, where fans, like, I'm a big Donnie baseball fan and everything, and, and expectations are up, and rightfully so, man, but is this really going to be the guy that's going to help us win the championship? I hope so. I mean, that's why we signed him when we brought him here initially, but damn, the moves he's pulling right now are really head scratches, and I don't need a dancing Tony to freaking tell me, Mattingly, what are you doing? You're killing me out here. Exactly, and and I have family in California, and they're huge Dodger fans. And I remember when the when we got Mattingly, the very first thing they told me, and because we're huge baseball fans, we're always going back and forth about baseball. Look, they, I mean, they have the Dodgers, I have the Marlins, but it is what it is. Um, they were like, "Oh, you're gonna hate the way he uses the bullpen, and you guys are gonna hate the way he does his lineups." And I was like, "What does that even mean? Like, hate the way he does his lineups?" Well, I know now, because my God, I've never seen. And I may com- be completely wrong on this, but me and my wife, we call them punt days, literally. It's like, oh, we're going to lose today. It's the day that Mattingly, it's usually a Sunday. You know, he'll start the backup catcher. He'll start two other backups. You know, he'll give B.A. or Aguiar or somebody a day off. And the pitcher that's pitching is usually like, you know, the number four or five starter. And we end up losing 7-1. And it's he does that all the time. And I, I can't, it might be me as a fan, but I can't see other, I don't see other teams doing that where they start three or four of their bench guys or two or three of their bench guys with the number four starter on five starter on the mound. You know, I don't see it. You know, I feel like every time we play the Mets, we see their entire lineup. Every time we play the nationals, we see everybody minus one guy, you know, same thing with the Braves. We see everybody except one or two, one guy, maybe two, but for the Martins, it never seems that we never have the same lineup. We always have the weirdest top of the lineup. That's, I don't understand it. And it, it's getting to the point, like you said, man, it's 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 truly frustrating to see this being done. Well, to, to, to change the subject a little bit, today's the final game of a five-game set versus the Washington Nationals. The Marlins are 2-2 two and two right now in this game series. And you know what? It's, it's been ugly. We've had good moments. But it kind of you kind of get a little playoff type of feel in the air, right? We it's got Pablo win. Lopez. It's a it's a must win. Pablo Lopez is going out there. He's essentially the team ace. He's facing right-handed pitcher Austin Voth, and uh, he's zero and two with a five point zero ERA. Hasn't looked very effective. I'll tell you what, the Marlins need to go out there and they need to continue if they want to be. Taking as contenders, they need to go out and punch Washington in the mouth. They need to take this series. And be con- yeah, this is a must win here, especially going into the rest of the schedule, which we'll get into in a little bit. But it brings Mags needs back. Mags needs to be in there, man. He's batting uh, six sixty seven against Mister Both, by the way. Yeah, let's see what Madden he does. 
Bad Joyce is batting a thousand. He needs to be in there too. There's no the foresight should not be playing today. <laughs> Brinson, sit. Uh, yeah, Brinson, sit down. Like, let's see what they do with the lineup when the cards are released. All hey, right. shout out to Brinson for that catch though out in the center field. He may he makes a hell of a catch. What every couple seasons? Every other season. Every other season. Hey, hopefully some GM saw that man and they're drooling over his defense and they hey they say hey Marlins you want so and so we'll take him. Let's send us over a couple peanuts, man. Whoever wants to send us some peanuts for Lewis Brinson, we'll take it. Because yeah, Marlins, know, we know what to do with peanuts. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And that actually is a perfect segue into topic number one here, brother. Um, over the news, over the weekend, there were some tweets going out like, oh, Marlins are saying they're going to be buyers. But then uh, I think it was Joe Fasaro basically said, yeah, but Michael Hill also said that the biggest addition we're going to have is the guys coming back. You know, as we approach the deadline, our biggest acquisitions are going to be the return of Sandy Alcantara, Jose Urena, Caleb Smith, Yimmy Garcia, among others. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge injection of, of starting pitching, a huge injection of, of talent uh, that we've been without you know, since, uh, since that first series of the year. I could see that, but let's say let's play GM here for a little bit. What type of deal would you be looking to make? Wow. I mean, you got to look. Pitching wins everything, right? Pitching wins championships. And you got to look at this bullpen. The bullpen's been doing an okay job. We've been patching it up. We've been keeping it together. But we need another guy, like another monster behind Kinsler, in my opinion. Another vet that's going to come out and be lights out. Yeah, I agree. I know. And I also think something we have to take into consideration here is we may need a trade for a backup to Alfaro. Um, if Cervelli is out an extended period of time, because clearly, yeah, Navarro had a great day yesterday, but there's a reason he hasn't made it. You know, he's great defensively. I'll take him over Levonway any day of the week, but there's a reason he's hasn't you know broken out anywhere. He can't hit. What was his, how was his frame? His framework? Would well, you compare I, it to Levonway's? I'll take him to finish the season before seeing Levonway again. I wonder what happened to Wally, man. What's going on with Chad Wally? That was another the IL and. That was another weird topic, but another thing I saw is what what does that say about Lavarnway that the Marlins just, just didn't bring him right back up, even though he was here the week before? You know, I think they realized that hey, this this is, might be an issue. You know, the framing and nothing against Lavarnway, but he just wasn't doing it. You know, the umpires were horrific, guys. I'm not saying it was all him, but he didn't help the situation. And Navarro, from what we saw yesterday, he handled it pretty pretty good. You know. Mark Feinstein reports that the Royals have several teams interested in right-handed pitcher Trevor Rosenthal. One of those teams are the Miami Marlins. What do you think about a 30-year-old right-handed pitcher coming out of the bullpen to support this Miami Marlins team? I wouldn't mind it, but it depends who we give up. If you're telling me we're giving up a low A, you know, second baseman that none of us here have ever heard about, but, you know, he might be a peanut for them, okay. Um, if it's a deal, maybe, you know, we get actually like the Marlins have been creative with their deals, guys. The Marlins have been, you know, they've been. They're not just going really. Yeah, like the the last reliever was one for one, but they need it. They're going to get creative and they've been creative. Yeah, they I got Tonico, the right. Tonico who, who made his debut. He had a nice lollipop curveball. Yeah, and then they they sent him back to the taxi squad next game, but Rosenthal doesn't really do it for me. Um, he's doing good, I guess, better this year, but he struggled a little bit. They're also reporting Jim Bowden from the Athletic that 
a scenario here, and I want to hear your opinion on this. I know you may not know much about him, but Michael Givens, basically the Marlins would get Michael Givens, the reliever from Baltimore, and Baltimore would get right-handed pitcher Jordan Holloway. I know you don't, you may not know about Givens, but you know about Holloway and what he could be. But is that enough to hold him for if we're really considering making a run here? Two ball, two strike count, pitch on the way. Abreu goes down, swinging, and the Orioles win it. So Gibbons gets the job done with three strikeouts in an inning and a third of work. Let me see. Looking at Michael Gibbons, this is a guy that I don't know much about. Um, I got to trust the, the Marlins front office. Jordan Holloway is a next up and coming young uh, stud in this bullpen. He's a he's a hurdler. He's a flamethrower. He's got some nasty stuff. And you got to love the guy's attitude and how he's built his composure. Um, I love how he made that jump from single A to the major leagues. Unfortunately, he got the COVID. But hey, man, what am I? To, what am I to tell you? What? What? There's got to be something that the Marlins saw in Michael Givens that they're saying, hey, if they got to be willing to trade away a Jordan Holloway, who's a talented kid, who is the ceiling, you know what I'm saying? The sky's just the limit. Like, I can't. I can't imagine like what Michael Givens is like. What, what is he looking like? What's on his repertoire? What is he throwing? Throwing gas or something? He's got a nasty slider. Right, he better be hitting at least ninety something because that's what upper nineties because that's what Holloway's throwing. I actually like Holloway. Um, I think he was doing a decent job out of the bullpen before all this. I, I think we only saw him once, but I actually saw him pitch live in Jupiter once, and he has electric stuff. Does it translate? I don't know. I I'm not you know a scout, but I'm looking at Michael Givens' numbers right now on Baseball Reference, and he's okay. a thirty year old guy. He's got a zero point seven seven ERA. He's pitched eleven games this season. Uh, 11 innings, 11 and two-thirds, six hits allowed. He's only given up a run, 16 strikeouts, six walks, no intentional walks, and uh, he's doing pretty good. So, I mean, hey, 0.77 ERA, is it is it worth the sacrifice? The guy's got an overall 3.31 ERA over six years in the big leagues. Right, and here's how I see it. If, if the Marlins firmly believe that they're in a position to compete, then do it. If you like right now, we're holding a playoff spot. I think we're holding the number five or six spot, which is good. But if you think you could catch the Braves, then do it. But if you don't think you could catch the Braves, then why? If you're, let's say we could hold this week is going to be huge to see how we do these next few games before or eight games before the trade deadline. But if you think you could catch the Braves and go for it, I don't have a problem giving up, you know, a, a Jordan Holloway. But if it's not to catch the Braves and it's to stay the number two seed and you're pretty much treading water and you already have all these guys coming back, I don't I don't want to give away that prospect. And by no means am I a prospect hugger. Um, I actually just tweeted that to Fish Stripes and I already got people tweeting at me. But I'm not a prospect hugger by any form of the way. If you honestly believe this guy could help you win games, then go do it. Obviously, I'm not saying trade, you know, jazz for this guy. But a Jordan Holloway, you know, an unknown for a guy that's seemingly doing it, and Givens does have team control, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't hate it, you know? So if you think you can take that next step and catch the Braves, go for it. If not, don't do it, you know? If if the difference between Jordan Holloway and Givens is you staying in the fifth spot in the playoff race or whatever it is, then what's what's the point? You get me? Why not try to package instead of, like, a Holloway, why not try to package like a vet? You know, a guy that you don't have room for, perhaps in your starting rotation or a guy in your, in your bullpen. You know, maybe a guy like a Jose Ureña. Jose Ureña is great. Right. Uh, Caleb Smith is great. People don't want to hear those names, but it's going to come down to a point. It's like, guys, we're stacked on freaking pitching. These guys need freaking opportunities. Nobody was going to make a debate, minus myself here, 
what that Lilo Hernandez was going to have the type of season he's having. He's still going punch for punch with freaking Pablo Lopez. I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see who, who's going to have the first hiccup. Is it going to be Lilo? Or is it going to be Pablo? You know what I mean? It's, it's it's opportunities that are here, and that if we want to win, we got to trade something to get something, guys. So if you don't want to risk the future, maybe you want to hold a little bit on Holloway. I can see that. But we also got to look at other guys that we can trade, trade pieces. We got a Garrett Cooper, Harold Ramirez. These are all guys that we have in the outfield on this team that there's going to be a point in there, like, what are we going to do with them? Brian, I have, a, I have a little hypothetical trade here for you. Let me see. You're the GM. The Marlins would trade Jose Urania and Jordan Holloway. You're with me on that so far? Okay. To the Orioles, and we would get back the pitcher. Uh, what was his name again? Givens. Okay. And now let's go on here and let's look at a little. Let's get a position player here. I just want to make sure he's still actually active. Hanser Alberto, the 27-year-old second baseman. Now he's 27. I'm trying to find out his team control. He's batting 304. Okay. So we'd get Hanser Alberto at second base and the reliever Givens for Jose Urania or Caleb Smith. Let's let's keep it interesting. And Jordan Holloway. Hanser Alberto is a guy plays second base, third base, shortstop, and Mr. Givens, five foot eleven, two hundred and fifteen pound infielder, huh? Let's see his stats across the board. He's played with Texas. He's played with Baltimore. He's got twelve doubles this year. That's career. Is that his career high? Oh, he's the league leader right now with 12 doubles. How about that? He's batting 304. I think you do it, man. I think. I don't know. What do you think? Put, you pull the, tr- pull the trigger on this guy. I mean, like, I gotta, you got to really look more into it. I mean, how much control of this guy do you have? Like, is he, is he an expiring contract? Is this a guy that has arbitration years ahead? Like, from the looks yeah. of it, he, he, already, he already banked once. He's, he made uh one million six hundred and fifty last year, right? So, he, I mean, he's been he was out of baseball for twenty seventeen. I don't know if that's due to injury, but in twenty he broke through with Texas. Um, his batting average was suffering, but the last two years in, in Baltimore, two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, you know, he's hit over three hundred. He's had plenty of time to play, and I'll ship up. I'll ship, I'll ship Holloway, I'll ship Holloway and Urania, but I'm keeping Caleb. Like if I'm getting Caleb, I gotta get more. I gotta okay. get like a Santander or something like that. I could see that, right? And this is just hypothetical, guys. We're just doing this just to see. But um, like pull the trigger, the Mike. Pull the trigger. Right. If it's Caleb, no. <laughs> but if it's Holloway and Urania, yeah, you know why not? Um, and I know what you guys are gonna say, but this actually fixes two holes because we'd be able to put Villar back in center and have a. Our buddy here, uh, Hanser, playing second base and short or third. You know, that's the type of deal we got to see, guys. Those are the type of deals I expect the Marlins to make. I don't expect them to go out there and get the big bat. I don't even know who the big bat is with this type of season. There's so Nico, many teams. Okay, Fernando, give him, give yeah. him Caleb, give him Jose, give him Holloway. You want to give him uh, – who do you want to give him, bro? Give him whoever they want, man. Just send me over Fernando Tatis. Take whoever you want with the exception the of six though. Take no, the no, team no. except six. Leave, though, except yeah. six <laughs> Leave six to where he's at. You know what I'm saying? Keep BA so we can pay BA and let's bring Fernando on over. That's nah, a hell of a move. Know. That's a hell of a move. I, I know the Padres ain't going to do it, but if you tell them, hey, yo, you want a, a Pablito, you want a 
Urania, a Smith, you drop like three, four starters, they're gonna be like, what? No, nah, they'll if never they, do that. Who would never do it? The Marlins or the Padres? The Padres would never give that guy up. You know what's funny? The Marlins got a lot of uh, crap for their trades, but no one's gonna talk about the fact that the White Sox gave him up for James Shields. <laughs> Big game shields. Yeah. No one no one wants to bring that up. Nobody wants to bring up that possibly a generational player, you know, top three best players right now in baseball. It was traded for James Shields. And I don't Man, think I'm, James Shields ever that's one of those guys. That's one of those guys Laurie wanted to get. Thank God we swung and a miss on that guy. Like think all those deals that Laurie was trying to really get. He was trying to set us up so badly, dude. Remember when he was trying to get the closer uh Kensley Jans Jansen from uh the Dodgers? He was, well, we he was offered offering him. him. We offered him like yeah. a five year, I think it was fifty. 40 million, four year, 40 million, something like that? Or was it more? Wait, I think it was way more. It was like something crazy. I think it was like 80 mil or something like that for him. Yeah. And we said that would have been insane. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We would have had right, him. Good. Next general manager move here, buddy. Cooper and Harold just returned. Who are you sending down? This also plays into trades, but who are you sending down? Oof. It's got to, I got to see how they're batting and everything. But uh, right now, who am I sending down with Cooper and Harold coming back? Brent Diesel. I'm sorry, brother. He gone. Okay, you need one more. Lewis Brinson is gone. And then who do we have actively? Well, Max is not going to go anywhere. Um, you know what? We're going to give Jesus, probably send Jesus down, give him a little bit more time to chill. Jesus Sanchez. Would, Even though he's like, I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie, though. I was talking to Danny, uh, Danny Martinez over the weekend, and I mentioned how I liked his demeanor, his calm, his, his posture at the plate. Yeah, that guy's got one hit, but – it was pretty impressive for the kid, the kid to pull out a bases loaded walk. Like you look at him, he's just keeping his cool the whole time. He's cool right, at the plate, and, and he's got a big bright smile on his face. And Alex noticed something. We recently saw Monte get called up, right? The difference between Monte's at bats and uh, Jesus Sanchez at bats. The kid looks like he belongs. Monte's getting beat by fastball straight down the middle. Monte's getting beat by everything. Monte. He's either – I don't know what's going on there, but Jesus doesn't look outmatched. He just looks like he hasn't clicked it. He's not trying to do He's not trying to right. do too much. And that double, the opposite field was of sight for sore eyes because usually we see the last few prospects we've had come up just try to pull everything. So I'll take an opposite field double. Um, for he kind of – he kind of the, the, the batting approach, he kind of gave me that vibe of like Nick Johnson. Remember Nick Johnson? He used to play right. with the Nats. He used to right. play with the Yankees. He played with the Marlins a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like cool, relaxed. Like, you know, Nate Johnson wasn't like a big bat that he was going to blast on. He could. He would hit you maybe 13, 14 home runs a season. But the guy would just go – his OBP was crazy. He would always draw out walks. He was good for that. That's what you liked about him. As, as, a, as a teammate and as a rival, that's what you would hate. Like, damn, this guy never – he's always getting on base. Like the Fish Army on Twitter always says, why do we have this guy? Because he gets on base. And that's why Sierra needs to be playing. For me, uh, my move would be Lewis Brinson and Logan Forsythe. Because um, Cooper would basically fall into that, you know, right field, first base, DH role, which is what Forsythe's kind of been playing there. He's been the first baseman when they want to give Aguirre the day off. And the, Brinson, brother, we tried, man. We tried. We gave you every opportunity, and I think he's one of those guys that may need a change of scenery. Yeah, we've been talked about this, man. Like, hey, whatever it is what it is, man. It's about wins and losses, and guys got to know when you got to chalk it up, and we got to chalk up to sell on Lewin. Lewin, good luck, brother. All right, guys, moving on to the next topic here. Um, the rotation, the top three pretty much seems set, unless the Marlins do what the Marlins do and send six still down for some weird, crazy, unexplainable, uh, you've been lying to me for the last three months, why not us, reason. Um, we basically got Pablo one, uh, Eliezer, uh, Eliezer Hernandez two, and six still three. But there's a problem. Caleb's coming back, Sandy's coming back, and Urania's coming back. Who's the odd man out? Urania. Urania's the guy that can definitely give you the luxury of being in the bullpen or being in the rotation. He's a guy that's a, he's a bulldog. He's got a bulldog mentality. He was an opening day starter uh, a couple times for this team, and he's a guy that's not going to have no ego problems at all. Manley's going to tell him, hey, we need you to move to the bullpen, big dog. He might be that guy that we need in the bullpen. We might not even have to make a trade. It, years ago, when he made his debut, he was a sensational rookie out of the pen. He, he looked good. He looked dominant. And if anything, he's just building his case to trade Urania. He's building his trade stock. Yeah, I like that, too. Um, that's what I would do. Um, I don't think they'd all come up at the same time, though. I think what they might try to do is, I believe last we heard um, Sandy and Caleb are like at 60 pitches, and Urania's right behind them at 50-something. Well, it's funny, though, in the last game, or one of the last games, they were showing videos of the of, of Jupiter, and they were showing Jazz hit a shot off Urania, which is, it was funny, but clearly Urania is not up to game speed yet. That's good for Jazz. Maybe we'll see Jazz a little bit sooner than later. Yeah, hopefully, man. I, I don't know where he would play. He's probably, he right now, the infield's a little full, um, bearing an injury or something. Jazz probably, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Can Jazz play second base? <laughs> yeah, I think Jazz will play wherever you tell him. You tell Jazz, hey, you can go play third, you can go play second. He's going to be there. The, the, the way the guys are playing right now, these young guys are coming up, getting their major league debut. These guys are just hungry, dude. Shout out to uh, the left-handed pitcher, Brandon Liebrecht. Did a nice debut for the Fish. I know the Phillies are hurting. They're stinging. They're stinging over six, though. They're, they're stinging over uh, – Brandon Liebrand, like, yo, shout out to JT. JT, thank you, bro. We couldn't have done it without you, bro. Thank you for not wanting to be here in Miami. So it really, it was always really about Juntos Miami. And, like, look at us now, bro. We're together. Together we're better Miami. We're on the way up. We're 500 playoff bound. Let's keep yeah, pushing. I started retweeting all the Phillies fans because was, I was having fun with it. Um, they're salty. They're, if, they, if the Phillies do not extend JT, I, I think – the Phillies are. We're gonna start seeing the downward spiral. They were never really that high, but I think it might be a little downward spiral, at least with the fan base. 
And speaking of fan bases, this is has nothing to do with fan bases, but I needed a transition. We have a huge eight-game stretch right now, Alex, in front of us, and it lands perfectly with the trade deadline ending next Monday on the 31st. What what do you want to see from these guys, and what record do you think we would need to really be buyers come the 31st of August? Man, look, I'm not pressing it that much on being buyers. At the end of the day, we finished the, the series here against Washington. It's on to New York, and we play the Mets for three games up in City Field. And then we'll be back in Florida at home on Jackie Robinson Day to play the Rays. I think this is a good time for the fish to get hot. If we steal this series, like we said earlier on the show, we come out to Washington, we punch these guys in the mouth, and we go out to New York, and we face the freaking Mets, and we beat the Mets, hashtag beat the Mets in New York, the fish are going to position themselves greatly for the Citrus Series against the Rays. With that being said, I see the Marlins taking two from the Mets. We're going to win the series here against the Nationals. And I think I think we're going to drop the series to the Rays. I hate to say it, but, hey, we got to make the Rays fans feel good sometime in Florida. Yeah, I'm good with that. I agree with that, actually. Um, and I think, you know, this the whole episode has been about trading and the values and, you know, the trade deadline. So with that, right now we're 11-11. I fully expect us to win tonight. Tonight, like we said, it's a must win. We go into, you know, not into, but we play the Mets. We've struggled against them. We need to take two of three from them. Because if we go into, let's say we lose two of three to the Mets. And let's say we win tonight. So we're three and three. And we go into Tampa. And like you said, I'm expecting them to lose two. And now they go, you know, one and two. All of a sudden, you're two games under 500. The Mets probably caught you in the standings. And now you're in third, maybe even fourth place with the Nationals at 11 and 14. So at that point, you're not going to go start trading prospects because, you know, you're just going to write out the last few weeks. Now, you, you win tonight. You take the two of three from the Mets. You take one or two from Tampa. All of a sudden, that Monday, that 31st, when we're here, we're sitting here talking, we'll be probably doing an episode based on, hey, who did we just trade for? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I, listen, real quick, real quick. Oh, let, me, oh, oh. let me let me run it back. I know that, that, that we said the Rays were going to win it. I can't. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. I'm going to go back. I'm thinking Fish are going to win it two to one. And the, re- the only reason why I'm going to say that is because five days from now, we're going to have Pablo Lopez back on the mound. And the only thing I can guarantee you is that the two stamps in this rotation have been Pablo Lopez and Lilo Hernandez. And those two guys are the only sure things scheduled to go face the Rays. It hasn't been publicly made, but if you're just counting the days and you're going by the days of the rotation and respecting the order, Pablo Lopez, Lilo Hernandez, they're going to seal the Citrus deal. Well, today we have Pablo. Don't, Tomorrow don't we think have... We- Lilo, Don't think right? I f- we didn't forget about that bet we had about the bruise too. No, I lost a player of the week bet. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the the ERA. Lilo, yeah, <laughs> the best season overall. Let's go. Hey, I will be more than happy to give you a, a 12 pack, a 24 pack. I don't care. I'll give you a keg if, <laughs> as long as we're winning games. I don't care. Um, last week we talked we talked about the player of the week. You picked Pablo or Lilo. I I, th- I believe I picked the BA. 
Brian Anderson. You did, and I picked Monte, and my guy got sent down, and your guy hasn't hit. So <laughs> we'll, we'll call that a wash. You won. Your guy's still in the majors. But <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. It's about time I won a damn pull out here. I'll give, you I'll give you the win. Who do you got this week? Who do I got this week? Who's your player I'm, of the week this week? I'm going with uh, I'm going with our pitcher. You know what? Nah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna swap it up. I always go pitcher. I, I was, even though last year, last week, I did Brian Anderson. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Pablito this week. I don't know why. I feel like. I feel like Lilo might have a little bit of a hiccup. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's Pablo that has the hiccup. But at the end of the day, I don't want either of these guys that have hiccups. So, you know, what I'm saying any Marlin that ends up being the player of the week is a good week for me. I'm gonna go with. Mag Sierra, and I know coming from me, you're probably like, bro, a month and a half ago, you would have never have said that. But here's why. Dickerson is banged up. We're expecting him to start today. The kid has gotten on base every opportunity. He's playing with confidence. He's playing with speed. Speed, speed translates to any situation in baseball, right? It doesn't matter if you're hitting 1,000, if you're hitting, you know, 300 or 220, whatever. You know, a little dribble up the line, guess what? You're on base. So, Mattingly, please, 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 please give my man... At least four or five starts. Three to four starts. I'll take it this week. Let's see what we have in him. You know, why is Brinson out there? Come on, man. Man, they were just, it was the last week, man. It was the last week trying to see what they had left in the tank. Do you think they were trying to raise his value? Well, shit, after that, that web jimmy met in center field, I think that helped raise it a little bit, and he got a couple hits. But, damn, man, like, I can't believe it. Like, like. As a Marlins fan, it's frustrating to see it. It's like the, the, the RBI single that he got. Like you read it at the at a Flanagan's on the box score while you're at the bathroom. You're like, oh shit, Brinson got a RBI single. Look at him. All right, my guy. But when you look at the replay, it's just a little dribbler in the infield. Like, come on, my guy. This is what we're doing? Like, yeah, you're amp- you're, we're, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, we're amped up about Mag Sierra, like, you know what I'm saying, butting the ball, hashtag bunt the ball, put the ball down. You know what I'm saying? Like, my guy's doing it. He's bringing excitement to the team. He's bringing that Caribbean flair, and that's what you like. You People want to see excitement. If we don't got the pop, we don't have to have the pop. If we're doing a lot of hitting and running, we got movement on the bases. We're seeing guys going from first to third, third. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys just running all over the field. People love seeing stuff like that, bro. People love seeing guys diving head first, like excitement all over the field. Yeah, we love defense. Everybody loves defense. But at the end of the day, guys, you got into the game because everybody likes to hit. Everybody loves to run the bases. That's what the, the name of the game is, is to score more runs than the other team. Yeah, that's what we're missing. So um, it's going to be an interesting week, man. This might be the most important week in Marlins baseball since, you know, like the 2012 offseason. Um, there's, when was the last time we were competitive, you know, with a few weeks left in the season? So, guys, enjoy the ride. Take it for what it is. This is a good propeller to next season. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, we're, I, I've, I haven't missed a game. I haven't missed a pitch, you know, so. Yeah, the excitement's uh, back. Thank God that, you know what I'm saying, that regardless of all the adversity that's been going on this season, that we've been able to have some Marlins baseball. Things weren't looking so bright after the first series in Philadelphia. We lost the guys, the 18 guys. But slowly but surely, these reinforcements are coming back. And with that being said, I wanted to talk about uh, Emily Marie. Emily Marie is the godfather's wife, Danny Martinez. Shout out to Emily, who's been doing some awesome work on Twitter She's been putting up some awesome art graphics of the Marlins key moments in the season, feel good moments. Um, if you guys get a chance to check out her work, 
if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you've probably ran into her work. But her Twitter work could be found at Emily M underscore art underscore on Twitter. And man, some pretty cool frames. I got a, I got the picture of BA. Remember when he hit that triple? He got to third base. He was like, macho man, like, yeah. Or that iconic moment when the fish took the series in Philly and you saw Jonathan Villar and Jesus Aguilar dancing in the locker room. You remember those moments? Of course, man. Yeah, yeah the, man. The, artwork, the art is beautiful. I love it. No, the art was so beautiful, man. I got I got custom custom uh, printouts made, and I'm going to add them here to my man cave. So uh, look for, for, for video of this podcast to come out in the near future. Uh, we got to get her on the show. We got to talk about how did this start? How did she jump into this? And, and at the end of the day, shout out to them. They're going to have a, a, a baby boy that's coming on the way. I'm not sure if it's a baby boy or a baby girl. I believe it's a baby boy. Shout out to them on that. That's a blessing. But, yo, what a blessing it is to see all of Marlon's Twitter come together. Like you weren't talking about these Marlins. Everybody was always giving us a hard time. Oh, the Marlins suck. The Marlins are trash. The Marlins are no good. And everybody was just heckling us. It was all the national media just attacking the Marlins. But how beautiful is it to see this team, this fan base come together, this community? Hashtag Juntos Miami, like Marlins barbecue. Like, yo, we're all gathering. We're all coming together. We're all bringing our passion. We all have differences. We might share our opinions. They not. They might. They might not be the same, you know what I'm saying? But we respect them here on Marlins Barbecue and across Marlins Twitter. And we want to thank you guys for your support and everything that you guys do. Uh, with that, Red, do you want to do a little uh, this or that? Do we got time for this or that? This or that. All right, quick this or that. We're going to fly by this. I'm going to do it on the fly, but I have the last lineup the Rays used, and that's what we're going to use. Are you ready? We're going with the Rays or we're going with the, the Nats? No, uh, citrus, tired, citrus, tired citrus, citrus, Citrus Series Edition. I'm so tired of the Nationals and Mets. All right, let's start off here. We're just going to go down their batting order. So we're going to jump around a little bit, but guys, stay with us. I'm going to do it after the best I could. All right, Austin Meadows, left field, or Corey Dickerson? Going, uh, Corey Dickerson heating up, baby. Let's go. I'll take him, too. He's heating up. Give me the Corey Dickerson of the last week. Hopefully, he's healthy. Second base. I'm on my uh, low, low or... We'll use VR because that's who's been playing second. Low. Brandon Low. How low? Yeah, I'll take Brandon Low. I'll take Brandon Low. I wish we had that guy, man. Ugh. All right, third base. Oh. I believe this is Yander, but let me, I don't want to butcher his last first name here. Yandy Diaz. Exactly. Yeah. Yandy Diaz. Yeah, Yandy third Diaz. Third base or BA. Damn, Yandy Diaz is a talented ass guy. If I was, you know what I'm saying, starting off a team and I couldn't get my hands on B.A., I would go with Yandi. But since I'm trying to get my man to get paid and I need B.A. to start producing, hashtag pay B.A. Let's go, B.A. Same here, but sidebar, it's freaking crazy that we've been able to win anything without B.A., you know, playing to his level. All right, first base, Jesus Aguirre uh, Aguirre or Choi? I'm going to go with Choi. He just sounds fun. And I I see Choi and I think about the good old times of Hesop Choi. I'm going to go to Aguiar just because I drafted Choi early in a bunch of fantasy leagues and he hasn't done what I thought he was going to do. All right. Shortstop, Mig- Miggy Rowe or Wendell? I'm going Miggy Rowe, man. You see Miggy Rowe, like, I know he botched the play out in uh, shortstop, uh, but the next day he made a hell of a play. Nice, uh, slick fielding play to get a guy out, field his choice in second place. All right. We're at center field. We've got Kevin Kimar or Brinson. Oh, hell no. That's a rhetorical question. I'm sorry. Brinson's gone. Kiermaier. Give me Kiermaier. Hey, Rays, you guys want a Brinson? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, do a little, 
Branson and Ureña. <laughs> right field, Renfro, <laughs> or let's just go with Matt Joyce. Ah, uh, come on, man! I'm going Renfro. Renfro hasn't been hitting that good. I'm back I'm on just, the Joyce. I'm nah, ah, uh, you're back on the Joyce thing. Come on, man! I, if I were to say Joyce, like, oh, you a homie. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, you guys I'll know that everything's Renfro. fair over here on Marlins Barbecue. I'll take Renfro. All right, catching Afaro or their catcher. Let me get his first name, Michael Perez. I'm going with Alfaro, baby. It's time for him to take the baton. Francisco Cervelli went down. He was proven to be a leader for this team through the rotation, the starting pitching, the bullpen. It's time for Jorge to come back, and I want motherfuckers to start saying, hip, hip, Jorge. Let's go. <laughs> Alex, where can we find you, brother? Guys, you guys can follow me at the Real Acon on Twitter, on Instagram. For some feel-good moments, make sure you guys check us out at Talk Baseball on TikTok. And most exclusively, Go out to fishstripes.com. Fishstripes.com. You guys can find some cool content, awesome news, analysis, podcast. Check out Fishstripes. Some really fun stuff on there. But this is the number one podcast on SB Nation here on Fishstripes. Shout out to everybody. Red, where can we find you at? Twitter, guys. Red underscore underscore Garcia. Follow me, especially if you want to see probably some bad sports takes. But I like to think I know what I'm talking about sometimes with baseball. So. Follow me there. And, uh, guys, crazy week ahead. We're 11-11, 500. The Marlins have never been under 500 this season. So let's hope that doesn't happen this week. We'll see you next Monday. And hopefully we're talking playoffs, baby. Playoffs. Let's do it, baby. Let's go, Fish. Go, hey, go get me a couple Marlins lagers, my guy. Uh, if we make the playoffs, I'm going to go to Biscayne Brewery and just drink straight from the keg. <laughs> Billy, meet us there, dog. You're the designated driver. <laughs> Eli, play those songs, boy.